Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to thank you once again for tuning in to the Problems of Our Father podcast, and we want to thank God for the great work that he's doing in the earthly realm. He says, I'm going to work a work in Habakkuk 1.5. I'm going to work a work in your days that even if it was told you, you would not believe. Well, my brothers, I'm here as Pastor D coming from out of Atlanta, Georgia to you live, and I'm going to speak some things in your hearing you may not believe, but God said in his word, he shall fulfill what he promised. He said, I'm going to work a work in those days that even if it was told you where I come declaring what God told you that was going to take place. And we want to thank you and welcome you back and can actually let you continue to pray for all the spiritual cuts leaders here at the spiritual cuts ministry, here that we continue to do the work of the ministry and that we may continue to edify the body of God so that we can become a perfect man, a perfect woman in the spirit of him and the statue of God. We thank you once again. And we just want to continue where we left off in episode three, uh, huh? series one, episode three, series one, which we talked about, do you not know? But we're going to do part episode three, part two. He says, do you not know? Part two. So let's get down with it. So, because I got some ways to go and I got some completion in this ceremony and in this semantic presentation that God want me to finish up. He want me to finish these series. I put some things together that the Spirit of God led me to put together. I didn't put it together. He gave me what I needed to put together so I could give it to you so you can get yourself together to be put together by God. So now, without further ado, let us go to the scriptures. Huh? And we're going to talk about, do you not know? Hey, part two. So the last time we came from out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, and it says that, do you not know that you are the temple of God? Huh? And that the spirit of God dwells in you. So I want to talk a little bit further into what God says. Do you not know in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, that you are the temple? That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You you, you got to get this here. Do, do, do you not know huh? that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? See, a lot of times we don't know what's in us because we let people talk and we let spiritual church leaders talk us what's in us, out of us, and give us in what we don't need so that we need what we can get in so that we can take out what God don't need. So God says that, mm, do you not know? Huh? Touch your body right now and, and talk to me while you're, I, I'm not talking no freaky stuff, but touch your body. Rub your hands together like I'm doing right now. Touch your body, huh? And this body that you're touching, he says that touch me. Huh? See that a spirit, see that a Spirit, ah, see that a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see me have. He says, don't you, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, huh? Whom you have from God and you are not your own. So, God, yeah, we finna go. We finna go with this here, my brothers. I'm a little excited. I'm gonna slow down because I want you to know, brothers, I want you to hear what I'm saying because I get too excited sometimes about all this stuff that God is speaking in my hearing and I want you to hear what God is speaking to me so we can speak, we can be on the same accord with God. So watch this here. He says, do you not know 
uh, that your body is the temple of God, uh, the temple of the Holy Spirit uh, who is in you. See, that we got so much inside of us, my brothers and sisters, and we have allowed for it to lie dormant inside of us because people have talked so much down to us where we don't know how to look up hey, from where the glory come from. See, when you look up from the east, the glory come from the east. So you got to look up sometimes, my brothers and sisters, and see what the Spirit of God has in you, what you have from God. You have what it takes, what God wants you to have from God. Huh? But the first thing we have to realize that we are not our own. Now, as we get into this here, we want to get down with it. I want to do, if I had the title, like I said, Do You Not Know? Part two. Huh? The last time we fellowship with each other, huh, through the previous sermonic presentation, we came from 1 Corinthians 3.16, and it read, and it reads and says, Do you not know? <coughs> that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. This verse of scripture tells us what we are and what we have inside of us uh, as sons and daughters of God. We believe in his eternal spirit and eternal son, huh, Jesus Christ. The ones who believe in that, they know that what this scripture is saying has to be true. Do you not know hmm? that you are the temple of God? Do you not know that the Spirit of God dwells in you. See, we know that because we are in a place where the eternal Spirit and the eternal glory of God has manifested Himself. This verse of Scriptures isn't just for those who so-called themselves Christians and believers or call themselves saints of God. You got to recognize this because this is very important that we come into the understanding. Just because you call yourself a Christian and a believer does not make this Scriptures apply to you. You have to know exactly what it means. So when we get into the second part of do you not know, we're going to realize that a lot of things we thought we knew, we didn't know. But now I want to ask the question again. Do you not know uh, that your temple, that your body is the temple of God? So now check this out. Just for those who call themselves Christians and believers doesn't get this reward because they've been sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they got goosebumps all over them. He said, you just, this doesn't apply to you. <laughs> he said, I know you've been having a zeal for me, but I want you to know it's not according to knowledge. <laughs> I know over the years, the past 2,000 plus years, we have been taught by spiritual church leaders from all walks of denominations, huh, background affiliations, that everyone who is born again and baptized in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit is the temple of God. Initially, you possess the temple of God, but doesn't make the Spirit of God. That doesn't make the Spirit of God dwells in you. You got to understand that the Spirit of God is a process. Huh? But to be born again, to receive what God started out giving you, huh? Is you just have to confess with your mouth and believe in your in your heart. 
huh? That the Lord Jesus, you got to go back to Romans 10, verse 9, 10, and 11. That the Lord Jesus, so if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you're confessing to the Lord Jesus. Now, that's a sermonic presentation we put out there a few days or yesterday's ago. If you go to the podcast in the early, early series that we began our podcast, it tells you that the Lord, the Lord God, huh? And the Lord, the Lord, the Lord God, and the Lord Jesus. The Lord, the Lord God, and the Lord Jesus. So you confess with your mouth in Romans 9 and 10, Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, he says that, huh, you shall be saved according to the Lord Jesus. Hmm? So you got to go into the furtherance uh, because initially you possess the temple of God, but doesn't that, that doesn't make the spirit of God dwells in you. Why? Because the process of becoming the temple of God has just begun, huh? During the, the, the baptism, we receive what makes us become a part of being the temple of God, huh? How do we know that is to be that is to be true? Because in First Corinthians six, verse nineteen tells us clearly why. This is the initial process. Let us revisit First Corinthians sixteen nineteen, huh? When we started out in the title, he says, "Or oh, do you do not? Or oh, do you do? Or oh, do you not know?" That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own. Huh? For you were bought at a price. You was bought with a price. Therefore, and furthermore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit and in your mind, which are God. Yeah, boy, y'all don't know how excited I am about all this we're about to get into. I got to get out of that to get into where I'm going. So here in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, huh? in chapter 6 in 1 Corinthians, verse 19, the eight clause teaching us huh, that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, this Holy Spirit that our body is the temple of is not the Holy Spirit as God, but this is the Holy Spirit that is a part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit that was conceived by Mary, the mother of Jesus. Let's look at Luke 1, verse 26 through 35. Now, in the sixth month, Huh? On the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. I just want to tell my women out there, huh? don't give up and don't give out. And don't let no one put a muzzle on your mouth. Speak, my brothers and sisters, speak, my sister, like the oracle of God. God ordained you, huh? When he ordained Mary to go, preach to Peter. He ordained Mary to go preach, preach to John. He ordained
ordained Mary to go and tell the disciples and says, look, what you see about me, teach it. Tell them you saw the eternal glory of God. So my women, I want you to know from this day forward, you are highly favored among women. I don't care what they tell you out there. And if they got a problem with me telling you what I'm saying, tell them to come see me. <laughs> you know, I like confrontation. I like confrontation. Not the confrontation that causes argumentation. I like confrontation that resides on complications that get this thing from out of the way where we can move forward into what? Then leave the elementary doctrine of the teaching of Jesus Christ and get into the spirit of Christ's teaching. So now, look this him. It says that Mary was from, he, she, he, Joseph was from the house of David. The virgin name was Mary, and, and, the, and the angel came in and said to rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Verse 29, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and consider what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Huh? Do not be afraid, Sarah. You have found favor with God. Now, I need you to plug your name in there, sweetheart. I need you to plug your name in there. Do not be afraid. So, so you have found favor with God. Do not be afraid. So and so, you have found, hey, go it, girl. You have found favor. Hey, go. Walk in the authority and the favor and ask God to load you up with his benefits. Huh? Come on. So, but when she saw him, she was troubled and saying, and consider what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he shall, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord Christ and the Lord God, who is Christ, will give him the throne of his father David. So Christ has a job to do when he come and baptize Jesus huh? as the temple and the lamb. So now, my brothers and sisters, he will ruin over the house of Jacob forever of his kingdom. There will be no end. And then said to the angel, huh, how can this be? Since I do not know a man, do you not know? She says, I do not know a man. He said, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's why I come to you as the angel, the angel Gabriel, and I'm giving you this message from our, from our father who is gone. And the angel Gabriel answered and said to her, huh, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore also, huh, that the Holy One, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now we have an account who our body has to become a part of huh, before we can enter into being the temple of God. So now the process began. 
The process of the Spirit and of the Spirit of God dwelling in us completely has to do with everything that Mary was conceived with and conceived by and conceived in. His name was Jesus, but the body that was named Jesus was always God as the Holy Spirit. As we continue in these messages, you're going to find out what that body name was through the revelation knowledge of John. So here we go, my brothers and sisters. So let's revisit. Huh? Huh? Let's revisit. Let's revisit. 1 Corinthians 16, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Because we got to learn how to operate in the fullness of the Godhead, where the Spirit of God dwells in us completely. Amen? Or do you not know, verse 19 in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you and I were bought? At a price. Before we deal with, we have been bought at a price. Let's find out a little more about our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, what's so powerful about this, our body being the temple of the Holy Spirit, the scripture teaches us and tells us where this Holy Spirit derived from or where did this Holy Spirit that our body is the temple of came from. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 Corinthians verse, chapter 6, verse 19 says, this Holy Spirit that our body is the temple of came from God. Come on. Huh? Didn't the scriptures insinuate if you and I receive the Holy Spirit and that come down from the that came from God, if we receive the Holy Spirit that came from God, that our body is the temple of, if we receive this Holy Spirit, huh, the precise and correct way, we no longer belong to ourselves. But from now on, from this point forward, we belong to God. Come on, that may be a hard concept, and that may be a hard thing to swallow. Now, you can believe it all you want figuratively, figuratively but literally, he's saying you belongs to God if you understand that you are now the temple. Because the temple belongs to God. And I'm going to show you in these messages where God says, I am who the temple is. So now let's continue so we can move forward. Now we have to find out when he did, when did God bought us, bought us back at a price? Let's go to John 3.13. John 3.13. John 3.13 says, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man, who is Jesus, uh-oh, who is in heaven. You need to know that the Holy Spirit is the Son of Man that came down from heaven. So when he in 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit that came from God, this is that same Holy Spirit that was conceived by Mary, the mother of Jesus, the Son of Man. So the Son of Man ascended down from heaven, and God says that this is what's going to initiate the process of the temple. Now the transaction of being bought at a price is coming up into the initial process of our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit is about to begin. 
Let's go to the next verse in John 3, verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, uh, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So whoever this is that's going to become the temple has to go through the similitude of Moses doing with the serpent. Uh, and the sins was forgiven. And now the person who's going to be on the, on the cross as the serpent was has to be in the similitude of what that body is going to do for sin in our bodies if we are going to become the, the temple of the living God. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man be lifted up. Let's go to verse 15. That whosoever believes in the man that's on the cross, uh, huh? as Moses held up the serpent on the cross, as the man, uh, and you look upon this man, should not perish and not die and have everlasting life. So now, my brother, something is about to take place in the initial stage. So in John chapter 5, verse 35, 39, and 40, it says, if you search the scriptures, you may think you have eternal life. So here we go in the initial stage of start thinking of what God gave us for us to have. So if you think you have eternal life, God said, I'll bring you into the knowledge to let you know that glory that you have what I promise that I'm going to give you, which is eternal life. But have eternal life. So if the scriptures is true about our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit, we have to believe in the eternal life that our body has become a part of through the process. Because you can't be the temple of God and the temple of, and the spirit of God dwells in you if you don't believe in eternal life and understand the process, how you get eternal life through the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is where so many Christians and believers and spiritual church leaders lose their way in believing that they can live forever in this body or in this temple of God where the Spirit of God dwells in us. Because if you as a believer have never been explained why and how you get and retain eternal life through being the temple of God and having the Spirit of God dwell in you, you would never believe that you can live forever and not die and you have passed from death into eternal life through the eternal spirit of God and the promise of our Father. On the other hand, if you've been raised as a child and taught as a child and taught as a child, excuse me, and taught as a child and have been seeing death as a child and all your lifetime been taught we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised, you have been deceived by your parents and your spiritual church leader who have made your God, who you have made out of your God and you have unequivocally or without a shadow of doubt rejected their glory. The promises of God found in First John 2.25 and 26. He says, this is the promise that God promised us. He promised us eternal life. And he said that don't let no one deceive you, huh, of your reward. And this is heavy, my brothers, because I'm going to tie these scriptures on line upon line and precept upon precept. We're going to put them all together. Now, it's going to be for you to go back and listen to these messages and find out what God is speaking to you 
pertaining to eternal life. Because Peter said, Father, where are we going to go? You got the words of eternal life. And God says, these things I write to you concerning those who would try to deceive you. And that's in 1 John as well. Chapter 2, verse 25 and 26, he promises us eternal life. So, my brothers, I'm just trying to embed it and get your heart into a place where your mind can shift into a paradigm shift so that your mind can get into a place where God is. Hmm? Not where your old fable teaches. The teaching of the Pharisees, the teaching of the Sadducees, the teaching of the law, the teaching of those, the law and the commandments, the doctrines of the commandments of men. God teaching excels all that. It fulfills that. So that's what we are talking and teaching here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry on the Promise of Our Father podcast. So continue to tune in. That's some good things and good words of the Spirit of God that God releases to those who are ready to be released from the power of death, right? who has been in bondage all their lifetime. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 333. Because I just said in 1 John chapter 2, verse 25 and 26, he says, this is the promise that he promised us, which was eternal life. And now God is speaking to his people and says that, mm, I have written to you these things concerning those who would try to deceive you. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. And as long as you are walking around and you believing in your heart and in your mind that we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised, and you know what I mean, we are not going to be here forever, you have already denounced what God spoke in 1 John chapter 2, verse 25. And you have already been deceived. He said, I write these things to you because my father gave them to me to write to you. Huh? That there will be people out there, spiritual leaders, bishop, pastors, preachers, going to try to deceive. They not, now, let me say this to you because I want to be friends with my pastors and preachers and bishops out there and my prophets because they, 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 they are part of the team too. I want you to know I'm saying this because I was. One of them who was saying it too. So I'm not saying this. I'm always saying this because I want you to realize these messages are not hostile as you think they are. These messages is to break down the middle wall of separation. So if you're teaching people they have to die, you're teaching people tomorrow ain't promising. That's your words, pastor, preacher, teacher. And if that's your words, members, church folks, Christians, if that's what you're speaking in the lives of your own first and the lives of others, you have already rejected and deceived yourself. So in 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, do not be deceived. Sometimes I want you to realize we can deceive ourselves and blame it on somebody else. Huh? You know how we do it. Evil company corrupts good habits. See, a lot of times people can't hang with themselves because their company is evil. They, they badger themselves. They down themselves more than anybody else. I be, uh-oh, I can't say that. I be darn. <laughs> I had to change that up. I be darn. 
on, my brothers and sisters. I'm a badger master. Hey, I'm a champ. You ought to ask what they call me at work. He said, I'm a champ. Hey, what's up, champ? I said, hey, I'm a winner today. They said, how you feeling? I said, I've been feeling good for the last 2,000 years when I found out that I was born again in the spirit and I become the temple of God through the body that was on the cross. Huh? As the lamb, I've been happy. Hey, all the days of my life, rejoicing in God. I want you to realize, my brother, because evil company, huh, corrupts good habits. Evil company corrupts good manners. Evil company corrupts you. If you let someone continue to teach and tell you that tomorrow is not promised, that is a corrupted conversation in the presence of God. Come on. Awake to eternal life and righteousness and do not sin. For some of you do not have the knowledge of God. You ever thought that people who says tomorrow is not promised that they didn't have the knowledge of God? You ever thought that people who says that huh, we all have to die, they didn't have the knowledge of God? You ever thought that the people who was teaching you that you have, we all have to die and we are not going to be here forever and tomorrow is not promised? You ever thought that they was lacking the knowledge of God? No, you haven't, because you are so caught up into your spiritual church leader. I was. I wish you would back in my days before I came into the knowledge. Say something about my pastor. Say something about my church. Shh, man, come on. You better come on. You better get out of here. I'm telling you right now. Man, don't come, 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 come. Man, get out of my face with that foolishness. <laughs> That was mean, but now I'm breaking down the walls of middle, the middle walls of separation about all this. He says, do not be deceived. My brothers and sisters, evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to eternal life. Awake to righteousness. Do not sin, for some of you have not the knowledge of God. And I say this to your shame. My brothers and sisters, I want you to know in we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Because do you not know, my brothers and sisters, that your body or the temple, and every time you speak the words of tomorrow's not promised, you're speaking against your body. You're not edifying nothing. Christ says, I chose some as prophets, preachers, and teachers. That's why I'm so specific in saying these bishops and pastors and preachers. Because Christ chose. If you say Christ called you, you should be teaching in the similitude of what Christ called you to teach in. And I know he gave you the words of eternal life. You can't keep reading over these words about eternal life and not be able to preach and teach them to your people and not even believe in it yourself the way God promised to teach it through his son, Christ. So with that being said, he says, you are the body of the temple of the Holy Spirit whom you have from God. Gets as heavy to me. This verse of scriptures is insinuating and teaching us. Once we recognize what our body is made of and who is the individual that give us this body to be a part of, the Holy Spirit, we have to start acknowledging that we are no longer in the flesh. Because in Romans 8, 9, and in Romans 8, 8, says you cannot please God in the flesh. Especially if God is spirit and they that come to him must worship him in spirit and truth. So you can't come to God understanding these type of messages in the flesh. And just maybe, 
huh? Just maybe your pastors and preachers and teachers are out there preaching from out of the flesh. And I can guarantee you that they're telling you tomorrow's not promised. I know they're in the flesh. I guarantee you that they say that we all have to die. I know they're teaching from out of the flesh. If they're saying that we're not going to be here forever, using that as a crutch to scare you into getting baptized and born again. I am telling you right now, they're in the flesh. But I want you to know, huh? As a pastor, when I was preaching from out of the flesh, I couldn't please God. I was using the words of God. I was using the scriptures that had God's word that was an inspiration to God's people because I was preaching in parables. I was preaching in parables to the people of God, using God's word, thinking that was what God wanted for his word to be preached. And there's nothing wrong with being inspired. But it, I, I'm more inspired in my life knowing that I can face tomorrow and death has no power over me as the son of God. I'm not afraid of death because I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the power of the resurrection of Christ because it is the power of God. When you got the power of God, death has to flee from you. Come on. My brothers and sisters, I want you to know that you cannot please God in the flesh. And I don't care who you are. You can get as mad as you want with me. But as long as you learn in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it tells you that the corner mind cannot perceive or discern the things of the spiritual. Maybe this is the spiritual message and this message is not for you because you are in the corner. Huh? And if you have the mind of Christ, you ought to be able to operate as Christ. See, Christ was the only one to instruct God. And God says, "Who has the, we have the mind of Christ. So therefore, and furthermore, we should be able to tell God or let the Father know, huh, in a nice way as a son and a daughter, that Father, I glory, huh? I got something I want to share with you as my Father. I got the mind of your son, Christ. I got the the mind of my brother. I got the mind of the deliverer. I got the mind of the Lamb of God. Huh? And I think it's not robbery, Father. To, I got something I want to tell you, Father, that I want to thank you. I think it's not robbery to be equal with you, Father. And he said, look what he says out there, my brothers and sisters. He wants you to know. Ooh Look what he says out there, my brothers and sisters. He said, I want you to know, I got, I got some children, some sons, and some daughters thinking it's not robbery to be equal with me as God because they are my temple. Come on. So my brothers and sisters in Romans 8, verse 8, it says that you cannot please, you cannot please God in the flesh. But look what Romans 9 says. It takes you from out of a place. It goes beyond where even Peter couldn't comprehend when God said, huh? He is the Christ. He is the Son of God. And Christ told Peter, flesh and blood cannot, did not tell you that. He said, it did not reveal that to you, but my Father in heaven, it had to go beyond flesh and blood. So if you are learning this message from out of your flesh and from out of your blood that you was born in, in your mother's womb, you have already missed the message because you're going to go back and say, that boy teaching all this foolishness that we all, huh, we can live forever and not die. 
You're going to go back to saying, huh, tomorrow's not promised. <coughs> Excuse me. And we all have to die because you're going to repeat what your pastor taught you because you got, you, how the scriptures teaches us in, in, in John chapter 12, verse 43. And it says that, and people praise men more than they praise God. Well, I'm going to glorify God in my body. I'm going to glorify God because I am and I belong to God. If you don't like the way I worship God, you can cut this message off and I see you and I see you and I talk to you and I talk to you. But I want you to know in Romans chapter 8, verse 9 tells us why we're not in the flesh. But he says, you, 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 you are not in the flesh since you, huh? you can't please God in the flesh. But he says in Romans 8 9, but you are not in the flesh, huh? But in the spirit. And if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. So hold up First Corinthians, huh? 3.16 says that we are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in us. So now if we are not in the flesh, God had to be abiding in the place where the flesh, the flesh does not exist. <clears throat> so, my brothers and sisters, I want you to realize that God says that we are in the we are in the spirit of Him where He dwells in. Now, if any man or any woman does not have the spirit of Christ, he or she is not His man. This stuff gets so. He says, if any man. Now, I didn't say. Now, I was talking to you earlier myself about what I say, what I say. But let me say. This is why I say what I say. Christ says, if any man or any woman, I know you're highly favored among women. Hmm? You got the spirit all in your toenails and fingernails and your makeup. Let me tell you something, honey. If you are in the flesh, you cannot please God. He said that you have not the spirit. If you have not so learned Christ, you are none of his. Huh? Now, if you're talking just on a regular basis to another denomination, huh? Just affiliation, just being friendly, that, that, that's fighting words. <coughs> that is fighting words, my brothers and sisters, because of the simple fact that people can't comprehend what they don't understand. My brother told me a long time ago, my brother, what, what is what's understood don't need to be explained. And the reason we are explaining this because it's not hardly understood. So you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And if the spirit of God abides in you, the spirit dwells in you. If you do not have the spirit of Christ, you are none of his. That's Romans 8 and 9. So now we see God is not pleased with you being in the flesh. And Christ is not pleased either if you are just in the Lord Jesus. Because even the Lord Jesus had to come from out of the body of Mary, the flesh he was born in, to get in the flesh of the Lord Christ, the Lord God, who is Christ. So even Jesus, when he was a boy, when Jesus, he couldn't please God from the age of 1 through 30. He could not please God. Oh, no, I'm not even going to say, well, he was the Holy Spirit and he was the, but he was the Son of Mary and the Son of Man. Let me tell you something. I am the Son of Man and you are too. Male or female, you are Son of Man. 
So now we can't please God in the flesh. But when we got in the spirit of him and the promise of our father, look what God says. He says that I'm dwelling in you. And you are now associated with the temple. Huh? Huh? And if we take a closer look at, at this verse of scriptures, this verse is also referring to Jesus as the Holy Spirit, which is our body is the temple of God. So let's dive into the Holy Spirit that God gave us that started the process of us becoming the temple of God and where the Spirit of God dwells in us. Now let's revisit John 3.16. Because we need to remember that God gave us the Holy Spirit to allow for our bodies to be a part of as the temple. He wanted us to be a part of his temple. In 1 Corinthians 6.19, we read earlier, we read earlier in Luke, we read earlier in 1 Corinthians 6.19 that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That came from God. Let's go to Luke chapter 1 verse huh, 26. And we read that earlier. Where Mary was conceived by this Holy Spirit of God. That gave us. As the Lamb of God. That God gave us as the Lamb of God. And in John 3.16. God so loved the word. He gave the Lamb. So now the word that came from out of the Holy Spirit was what God loved that he gave. He loved that what he gave because he gave what he wanted to love. So now God says his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him huh, and his only begotten son shall not perish huh, or shall not die but have eternal life. What does that mean to the average reader? We have never been taught what this scripture or verse, huh, this verse of scriptures actually mean. It says if you believe in what God loved that he gave you out of his love, he said if you believe in it and the process of what it's going to do for you and what it's going to do for me, he said if you believe in it, you shall not die. You shall not perish. Huh? Tomorrow is promise. Huh? And we all huh, have an opportunity to live forever and not die and have eternal life. Let's, let's, let's rephrase John 3.16. Huh? This, this is just Pastor D talking to you right now. I, I, don't, I don't want to throw you too far on. God shall love his people. Because the word is the people. God shall love his people. That he gave his, own, his Holy Spirit as Jesus. He gave his Holy Spirit as the Lamb of God for us to become the temple of God and for the Spirit of God to dwell in us. And through the process of God giving us what he loved, which is his Holy Spirit, which is his son Jesus, which is the Lamb of God, he bought us with a price and made us one of his sons and made us one of his daughters. And if we believe and understand the process it takes to be part of his family, we shall have eternal life and we shall live forever in his temple where his spirit dwells in us. Come on. That's heavy, brothers. That's heavy, sisters. 
That's heavy, spiritual church leaders. That's heavy, bishop. That's heavy, that's heavy, Pastor D. That's heavy. Scriptures teaches us we cannot please God in the flesh in Romans 8, 8. And in Romans 8, 9 said that we are not in the flesh, but in the spirit of Christ. So in John 3, 5, John chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, Christ was teaching and said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the Spirit of God, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And that which is spirit is spirit, but that which is flesh is flesh. If you're born of the flesh and you still and operating in the flesh of Jesus as the Lord Jesus, you are still in the flesh, and that's who you're gonna die in. Go to First Corinthians chapter four. They are they, these are they that fall asleep in the Lord Jesus. But they that remain hanging alive shall be caught up, my brothers and sisters. So now watch this him. Christ was teaching and said, I, I, I want you to know, you, you, unless you're born of the water and the spirit, even the earth had to be born of the water and the spirit. Because God in Genesis 1-1, he says, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth is around form and void. And the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of God hovered over the water. Even the water had to be baptized by God. Come out. My brothers and sisters, I want you to realize, now the water wasn't baptized at the time God hovered over the Spirit because the water was the Spirit of God. But when the flood came, <laughs> when the flood came with Noah, huh? when Noah and the flood came and wiped everybody out because of sin and death got into the water and the water drowned those who was in sin, God had to rebirth the water. And how he didn't do that? He did it in 40 days. Where did the 40 days come at? When Jesus was born of Christ, the spirit of the living God, he was in the wilderness for 40 days. So he had to regurgitate all that stuff for about a 30 years. So when Noah went through the process of the 40 days, he was waiting for the earth to be born. He was waiting for the water to be born again, my brothers and sisters. So even the water had glory had to be born again because of sin. And that which is water and spirit is God. So anytime you drink water, you are drinking God. That's why water is a living source, huh? And it's the only living source you can live off of without eating a piece of meat. Huh? Come on. Because the spirit of God is in the wall. My brothers and sisters, this is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. I got so much more to go. I'm going to stop right there because I want to shorten these up because I want to make a few series out of them. But I want you to, I, even the world of high glory had to abide by the Spirit of God. Come on. Hey, glory. I want you to know, my brothers, that which is of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. My brothers, I pray that you are not still born. My sisters, I pray that you are still not born of the flesh, but of the Spirit of Him, so that you can operate in the temple of God. Amen?
This is Pastor D. Watch coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to finish this and we're going to start another one because we want you to get this out of what God has given us. Amen. We praise God. And if you want to reach us, you can reach us at 678 764 1614. Give us some feedback, any questions, comments, or concerns. Just let us know, my brothers. Or you can reach us at PASTORDW at yahoo.com. PASTORDW at yahoo.com. Or you can go on Amazon.com, order the book. The book ties into these messages. And let me tell you something, my brothers. You can go to Amazon, Books and Nova, Bones and Nova, Books a Million, wherever you're at in your location. Just check in and go to the Go to the customer service desk and ask for the promise of our Father and who has believed our report is Red Book and just put say it's Pastor D. Washington. It'll come up. But what our Father do, we want to thank you and we love you, my brothers and sisters, and let God continue to bless us. We're going to continue to be blessed by what God is doing. And may God bless you and your family forever. Amen.